Hello, hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Embracing Enough, the podcast hosted by Enough Labs. I'm Dina, your host, your confidant, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm always glad you're here with me. So I mentioned in the first episode that I've organized this season into three segments, all of which cover a particular theme related to confidence and worthiness. And I explained that each segment is going to include four episodes that unpack different dimensions of that theme. So we'll hear from different women who are brave enough to share their stories with us. And their stories will undoubtedly challenge us, teach us, and inspire. We're going to kick off the second segment where I've decided to talk about body image. And let me tell you, this is not going to be some ordinary conversation around body image. I have specifically curated these conversations with women to showcase different perspectives around the body image narrative, from what we see in the mirror, both outwardly and inwardly, unpacking what truly nourishes us and how we define strength. How we see ourselves through the vessels that carry us is just one part of the story, but for so many, it represents a huge part of what influences the stories we tell ourselves. But seriously, like I'm trying to get revolutionary here in how we unpack our relationships to our bodies. We have all talked about how mass media and consumer culture is profitable because it makes us, it makes each of us believe that our bodies are unacceptable and need constant improvement. You've got social media, television commercials, and print ads who all reduce women and girls to body parts airbrushed and touched up to meet these impossible standards. So much of what I read about the female body image struggle, and for anyone who identifies as female, discusses some pretty consistent themes. But one I just just don't think is talked about enough is shame. Shame is extremely complex. It is by no means a monolithic experience, but I feel like one thing is for sure. Shame eats at you until it fully consumes you. The way we internalize shame is damaging because at a certain point, it becomes you. You begin to edit yourself until it becomes so normal that you can't even tell that you're doing it. Nearly all women feel ashamed of their bodies at one time or another. And this pressure to believe that perhaps with the right combination of diet and exercise and enough willpower, women can control everything about the size and shape of their bodies. And it's BS. All it does is create this obsessive chase for some unrealistic ideal. And for too many women, our relationship with our own bodies, well, it became hostile at an early age. And then this lifetime of shame was ushered in that we carried around because we told ourselves we were unable to measure up to these culturally defined standards of perfection. And all this has done is undercut our self-worth, drain our emotional energy, and worse, weaken our personal and collective power. So let's get started. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I really struggled to press record on this episode. And I had to get honest about why I was dragging my feet to just get into this conversation. The truth is that I've had this twisted and very complicated relationship with my own body, all five foot three inches ever. So this is my story. 
my relationship to my body and how shame has unfortunately gotten a front row seat along the journey. Last weekend, I got away to Delaware to spend some time at the beach, which <laughs> truly is my happy place. Being by the water is so relaxing and restorative. Every time I'm by the ocean, it makes me feel so free. I look out and I'm just overwhelmed with this feeling that I can just expand. I got up one morning, early, and walked the length of the beach. I decided to walk in some workout pants and a sports bra, which, if you know me, is so unlike me. But something in me just said, why not? As I walked, I thought about all this time we've been indoors while social distancing. I couldn't help but reflect on the sensation of how confined I've felt being indoors day after day. But if I'm honest and really dig, I have felt confined well before COVID in clothes, around other people, in places I've worked, even in my own body. It all got me thinking, what makes us feel so confined in our bodies? Why can't we choose to expand in a world that is constantly telling us to shrink? You know, deciding to walk the beach in a sports bra was not all that deep. But in that moment, I knew how intricately linked me feeling confined was actually connected to me feeling shame about my body. Walking the beach in a sports bra and not caring how my body looked to others represented this straight up defiance to the shame that I have carried in my body for years. That morning, just for a moment, I chose to give the middle finger to my shame, walk proudly in my body and consciously choose to expand. I remember a moment in junior high that definitely shifted how I saw myself. We were in gym class and the phys ed teacher tells us all to line up because we need to get weighed. The teacher would call each of us by name. One by one, we would step on that old school scale, and while being weighed, the chatter got just low enough for everyone to hear your weight when the teacher announced it. No one ever objected because we were told to do it. Now, mind you, this was eighth grade for me, and I grew up in the 90s an era where heroin chic dominated fashion photography and popular culture, which glamorized super skinny models. I nervously get on the scale and the sound of the marker that slides over into the grooves sounds like it's on surround sound. 
and the teacher announces my weight, 115 pounds. I was mortified because every girl before me was announced with numbers between 80 to 95 pounds. It wasn't until I was up that a number had been announced in the triple digits. Those were formative years. And in those years, I started to associate shame whenever I interacted with my body. I was riddled with these distressing, self-probing questions like, why does my body have to look like this? How come I'm the only one in my grade with this enormous chest? What would it feel like if I just looked like so-and-so? I bet I would be so much happier. And all the while, none of the questions I dared to ask myself entertained the idea of accepting and learning to love myself as I was. You know, for better or worse, our bodies are part of our social identity. While shame is absolutely universal and part of the human experience, the events and experiences that leave us feeling shame are so highly individualized. In those early years, I watched the girls in my school go through boyfriends left and right while I struggled just to get a single boy to glance my way. It feels disgusting and so trivial to share today, but in those moments, body confidence issues were planted in me as a result of this growing insecurity that I was feeling from not being noticed. To me, not being noticed equated rejection and rejection made me think that something was wrong with me. At least that's what I told myself. What we think, loathe, and wonder about the acceptability of our bodies reaches much further and impacts far more than our appearance. Its reach can impact who and how we love, where we work, communicate, and build relationships. And the connection one has to their body impacts how we feel seen in this world. For me, my body was curvier than most of the girls in my school. And by age 16, your girl here had a size double D chest that just made me disconnect with my body. Nothing I ever wore felt right and I just grew more uncomfortable in my skin. Buying clothes always felt like a disaster. I would bicker with my mom about what looked appropriate. I had to get larger tops that didn't match the bottoms. Strapless dresses were some urban myth that I didn't understand. I would always be aware of the disgusting and lingering gazes from men who were fixated on my chest. Fitting rooms were a nightmare. The shirt I was dying to buy that I couldn't fit into. The unflattering bras that I begrudgingly bought. The discomfort I felt to even ask for help to know what size I actually was. Not only was I the girl who developed fast during puberty, I developed the arms across the chest protective stance even faster. What I couldn't appreciate, though, at a younger age is that body image is so much more than what we see. It's also how we think and feel about our bodies. What gets confusing is that 
our bodies are held up to our image of what they should be. We can experience shame when we become trapped in this web of layered, conflicting, and competing expectations of who, what, and how we should be. And we just can't ignore the fact that there's expectations for every single part of us, literally, from head to toe. I remember in my first real job, after graduating from college, I I had this killer white blazer that I had decided to rock one day at work. And I decided to button it. And I remember getting ridiculed by a fellow coworker that the button was going to pop off. Here I was again, humiliated by how my body appeared. When our very bodies fill us with disgust and feelings of worthlessness, shame can fundamentally change who we are and how we approach the world. And at that point, I had gone for nearly a decade despising the shape of my body and what I was carrying. But after college, I was committed to doing something about the very thing that caused me so much unease. I decided I wanted to move forward with a breast reduction. I had researched plastic surgeons in the area. I scheduled consultations and was, of course, organized with my list of questions. The operation was pretty expensive, and in the end, the timing just wasn't right. The time had come where I had made the decision to head to London to pursue my master's degree, thinking that the dream of getting the breast reduction was just no longer. And then I returned home recently graduated and job searching. And luckily the stars had aligned with timing and miraculously getting my insurance company to pay for the operation. There it was. I could finally schedule my surgery. I woke up after the surgery, not even sure what happened. I was groggy from the anesthesia and felt like a cinder block had just been dropped on my body. I still remember starting to come to and asking the doctor, so when will the surgery actually begin? She laughed and explained that the surgery had in fact finished and everything went well. And I remember being so anxious to see the results. It felt like Christmas morning and I was getting ready to unpack a gift. I couldn't though. I had to wait. Because when I looked down, all I could see was tons of gauze under this weird surgical bra. But in the weeks that followed the surgery, it was like meeting a new body. I could see my torso. My shoulders sat back in this more confident and graceful stance. I had been released from the firestorm of mental anguish that my chest had placed upon me for so many years. And now, I'm not trying to claim that the surgery offered this magic confidence-boosting wand for my self-consciousness, no. But I do remember after having the surgery and realizing that I could try on something I couldn't wear before or run a mile more easily. Those things made me smile. And while my breasts had not come naturally, they were mine. And for the first time, I loved them. 
but my own opinions about this decision were fraught with outside perspectives that left me at moments feeling invalidated. There were the doctors. I met with several of them during the consultations and they would all tell me, well, you may want to really give this some thought if ever in the future you decide to have children. I mean, this may impact your ability to breastfeed. You know, even before I really could give voice to what I was feeling, I knew that my own health and happiness had value in that moment and not only later down the road. And then there were men. I distinctly recall having a conversation with someone I had dated who knew me before the surgery. I met up with him after the operation and he said to me, now why would you ever do that? That's just insane. Why would you give them up? Ugh, gross when I think about it today. I was appalled at how sexist his comments were. It was like the idea of a woman not basing her decisions about her body on what men want was simply and utterly confusing. I owned that decision at 25 years old. I decided what was best for me in that moment. And it only mattered for me. The fact is, is that so many women and girls are dissatisfied when it comes to some part or parts of their bodies. Approximately 91% of women are unhappy with their bodies and resort to dieting to achieve their ideal body shape. But unfortunately, only 5% of women actually naturally possess the body type so often portrayed in the media. So I know I'm not alone here. It's so important to develop critical awareness about the expectations around body image and their importance to us. And honestly, I feel like our expectations really deserve a reality check. Like, let's ask ourselves, am I describing who I want to be or who others want me to be? How realistic are my expectations? What are my fears? Why do I let the way my body appears have such a hold on my self-worth? I have definitely been a work in progress with respect to my relationship with my body. I've gone down the rabbit hole of fad diets and beat up when I think I'm heavier than I should be. But as time has worn on, my body has stopped being something I felt I was stuck with. It might sound cheesy, but I started to view it as a temple, my temple, something to respect, take care of, speak positively of something to catch sight of in the mirror and gaze at, not poke at and call out every negative flaw, and not to stare at and question why I couldn't lose an additional 10 to 15 pounds. Clearly, it's no surprise to folks that female and female identifying bodies are judged and politicized so fiercely in our society. We've got overt sexualization, to fat shaming, to policing what girls and women can wear. It seems like everyone has an opinion on female bodies and how they should and should not look and behave. And the result of all of this judgment and shaming leads to some of the most harmful outcomes. Low self-esteem, self-harm, eating disorders. Aren't we worth more? Oh,
Our bodies are intimate subjects. And to talk about our relationship to them and how we perceive ourselves, it requires such a significant amount of vulnerability and openness. The pressure to nurture a positive body image has never been higher. For the past year, I've been following the actor and advocate Jamila Jamil on social media, and she launched the I Weigh campaign over, over a year ago. And the campaign challenges society's definition of worth through weight by asking different thought leaders, performers, activists, influencers, and friends about how they are working through their past shames to find where their value truly lies. I love it because she speaks out regularly, frankly, unapologetically, about the toxic diet industry that uses social media to push diet mixes, these teas, and other damaging products that explicitly target women and girls. Her singular focus has been to educate people enough to be aware of what they're being fed, which she calls the bullshit expectation of women developed by the patriarchy. And I am just in awe of that campaign, of the body positivity movement and what it does for our society. Back when I was growing up, my comparison of my thighs or stomach to others was part of me playing this unwinnable game. I was under the misconception that beauty existed in only a single form, and it was a form that wasn't mine and would never be. There is an enormous amount of freedom that comes with identifying and naming common experiences and fears. It's why I feel so strongly that we have to find the courage to share our stories and experiences. If we feed shame the secrecy and silence that it craves, if we keep the struggles with our bodies buried inside, that shame only festers and grows. Reaching out more, talking about these issues openly, and demonstrating real empathy and understanding, it, it all helps us build our resilience to shame. And in that resilience comes freedom. I want to close with a poem written by Nikita Gill. I've read her poetry here on Embracing Enough before. And I came across her poem, What I Weigh, which was inspired by the I Weigh movement spearheaded by Jamila Jamil. Here it is, What I Weigh. I weigh the sea. I weigh the storm. I weigh a thousand stories long. I weigh my mother's fortitude and my father's eyes. I weigh the way they look at me with pride. I weigh strength and fearless and the warrior in me. I weigh all the pain and trauma that made me see that I have more galaxies inside me than tragedies. We all weigh joys and darkness and goodness and sin, you see. We are infinite within this skin we are in. So when they ask you what you weigh, you don't need to look down at any scale. Instead, simply tell them the truth. Tell them how you weigh whole universes and storms and scars and stories too. I encourage us all to be revolutionary and expansive with how we relate to the vessels that are our bodies.
I'll see you next time, love.